You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm hosting yet again this week and I'm joined this week by John. How are you doing John? Not bad Chris, how are you? Ah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I've got, I've got an Aberdeen fan back on after the... The mysterious I went missing last weekend. <laughs> uh, well, my excuse was um, had a lot to do with um, the wedding, so I'm using that. I'm sure you'll be using that excuse a couple more times before the end of the season. <laughs> Probably, the honeymoon next. <laughs> so is that you married now then? Yeah, that was Saturday. There yeah. you go, congratulations. Thank you very much. That was a good day. Glad to hear it. Um, so you want to see much of the football then? <laughs> Managed to catch um, some late last night, <laughs> so it was it was good that you didn't have a podcast last night so I could catch up. I've only just watched sports team tonight, so uh, you're still ahead of me. Um, <laughs> right, let's get let's get the usual uh, bit out of the way. Unfortunately, there was no charity bet win this week because we went for the audacious eleven to one of Stephen Dobby for Queen of the South against Hibs, and uh, Queen of the South didn't score. And we also went for Rangers or Broth to win. Um, only Rangers won, or Broth didn't. And on top of that, we had Inverness and Mullow to draw. Uh, we shall come to that one later on, because um, there was a bit of contention in that game, and it's not the only game this week, unfortunately. So um, we may as well start off with Friday night with uh, Hearts and Kilmarnock. Uh, moving on to Saturday. No, um, uh, the, the game's really not worth talking about, but there is one point in this game I had to laugh at in the highlights. Well, Hearts decided in a nil-nil game where nothing much was happening to showboat. They were doing, okay. all, sorts, they were doing all sorts of back heels and flicks and stuff, and eventually it went. It seemed it was almost as if they'd set up this great chance for Goncalves, who then tried to flick it into the net and missed. <laughs> now the commentary suggested that he dummied it for nobody. I swear he tried to flick it into the net. Just because it was it was showboating after showboating, they were trying to score this one nil, and the game it was nil nil. Like, like the, the game was that bad. Kamalik had zero shots on target. Like how it's going But um, it was it was BT Sport usually good at getting like the Friday night games entertainment. Wasn't it this week? Just not even close. So um, we'll yeah, I read that. I read Derek Ray didn't even have a good word to say about it in his Twitter, and he's covering it. But I think that sums it up. That probably does sum it up because Derek Ray's usually quite positive about Scottish football, even in the, yeah, the, the worst of games. But um, no, not not this week. And deservedly so. It was a good game. So um, if we move on to Saturday, first of all, I should say congratulations to Aberdeen. Results went their way. They not only beat Queen of the South three 0 but um, Greenock Martin losing to Wraith Rovers and Falkirk drawing to St Martin meant game over. They are. Championship title winners, and they were back in the Premiership after three seasons out next season. Yeah, yeah, congratulations to them. I mean, it's been a, a while in coming. Uh, Neil Lennon um, doing what Alan Stubbs patently failed to do um, in the two years it had. Um, so, no, they, they were always likely to win. It was easier for them a little bit without Rangers and Hearts to contend with, but, um, you know, you still got to beat what's in front of you, and they've done it very well. It was only a matter of time. Yeah, I think I think the disappointment under the likes of Stubbs was probably the the playoff situation, but um, I, I don't think I don't think Alan Stubbs will be uh, seen as a failure at Hibernian after his um, the, the cup exploits last season. 
I think I think that I think that's the thing that I've got well on Stubbs. I mean, yeah, he won the cup, and I think that will always, um, you know, hold him high in the guard as a Hibs manager, rightly so. But it, his main job was to get Hibs out of the the championship, and the first season they failed miserably in the playoffs against a, the poorest Rangers team in living memory, and then last season they blew it against Falkirk as well, and having mouthed off about going for a treble, you know, to end up miles behind Rangers and then missing out the playoff. I think people forget um, forget those uh, failures because of the cut win. But yeah, I, I uh, think okay. the, the really odd bit is I, I, even I had forgotten about the fact that they lost the Ross County in that league cup final. <laughs> so yeah, what you say, people are forgetting about it because of the Scottish Cup. I literally did yeah. forget about it. Um, but you're right, no, um, they, they were going for that treble at one point and became a, a single. But it, it was still the, the the thing that's been hanging over their heads for generations. So, yeah. um, but of course there is still a chance for um, Neil Lennon to, to do the double. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully that. Obviously, yeah, hopefully that will come up. But um, we'll wait and see. We'll talk about that later. Aye, but uh, that was absolutely deserved. Um, Hibs have been the, the best team in the championship by quite a distance, I think. Um, Dundee United's draw with Air United. I'm fairly sure has moved them up to third. Um, it's still quite tight for the, the kind of to finish second. If you have been Falkirk on fifty three, Dunny United fifty two, Morton fifty ah, Dunny United must have moved up. Um so yeah, it's I mean there's three points separating those three. One of them's desperate to finish. Um three games to go, could be anybody's. Uh, and at the other end, uh, Dumbarton have swapped into the 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 ninth spot, the playoff spot, level on points with St Burn but two goals burst off, so that's really tight. They have both rovers only a point ahead of both of them. Mm-hmm. Air United just uh, are three points behind them, so uh, there's, there's, there's relegation and playoff to be avoided there. Um, I, I, still, I, I still can't believe someone have managed to have caught back and get themselves out of it. Yeah, I mean, they've done a remarkable job. What is it? Um, they, they've taken 14 uh, or 15 points the last, out of the last uh, 18 or 21 available, something like that. It's an incredible run of form that they're on. And credit, full credit to Jack Ross because. You know, I'll be honest. I doubted the appointment um, when he came in um, when he when he got appointed, but he's really turned it around, and all the wholesale changes he had to do in January have worked off. Worked out even. Yeah, full credit to him, and I mean his legacy is an hour. <laughs> and they clinched a playoff spot on the weekend with a six-one mm-hmm. drubbing of Breaking City. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there could have, there could still be a possibility that. Uh, Jack Russell have to return to Alwa depending on how the results go because if someone wants yeah. to back into that playoff spot and then Alwa yeah, I think but is it second place of in that or is it fourth place of I can't remember how that works I think it's I think it's fourth versus ninth in oh, um, ninth. yeah ninth not all in second yeah, yeah in second be third and then obviously the final yeah. um, it's a man I've got a tough one this weekend going to United and obviously they just lost in the Challenge Cup final and it was error away to um and Morton said who are in a bit of free fall at the moment and Dumbarton are playing Queen of South team who don't really have a lot to play for so they could slip back in but then they're capable of going to United and winning it right. well, like you said Dundee United are pushing for that second spot as well so that's, that could be a cracking game in the, yeah, the championship um, so yeah as I said I'll uh, have clinched their, their playoff spot um, at the other end of the league one it's looking rather dodgy for Dennis Muir now five points adrift um, of Peterhead in ninth, eight points of drift. This safety we stand now with three games left. It's looking like Stennis Muir at least going to be in the playoff. Um, probably mm-hmm. straight down by the looks of it. Yeah, it's not looking good for them. Um, I think it's almost curtains for them. They've been bottom for a while. 
you know, goal difference is horrendous looking at it. Yeah, yeah it's not looking good. But there's uh, only one league that's not quite settled yet. Yeah, it's still tight. Four for a, on 60 points and a broth on 59. Um, I think, was it both of them lost again at the weekend there? Uh, the, the, the important one was probably our growth wasn't uh, at home to Edinburgh City because that's mm-hmm. Edinburgh City up to 7th now um, and Clyde they managed to beat Elgin City so they're in 8th place ahead of Berwick Rangers who lost to an Athletic and um, Cowden Beast are hanging on in there there's still 3 points adrift to Berwick and Clyde but they, they did beat Sterling Albion 3-0 mm-hmm. so um, it's, it's yeah. quite exciting at the bottom of that division at the yeah I see um, Goodwillie get a hat-trick for Clyde as well? Yes, uh, I, I think they actually came down for 2-0 down to 1-3-2. Mm-hmm. If it was a, if I right open all mics correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were 2-0 down within half an hour. And Goodwill mm-hmm. got a second half hat-trick. In fact, it was 52 to 64 minutes it took them. So a 12-minute hat-trick. Not bad. Good signing, turned out, so far. Aye, it definitely is. I mean, there's a lot of it's controversy about it, but you know, Clyde won't. Clyde fans won't be caring if he keeps them up. You know, what has it got? Gone Strachan once said, "Football has no morals." Well, yes, yes. <laughs> he's, oh, he's spot on with that one. A few one, things yeah. he's spotting about. Yeah. All right. So turning back to the Premiership, there were four games on Saturday. Um, we may as well start off with the important one: bottom versus second bottom, Mullerwell versus Inverness. Um, it started really well for them, although they were, they were 2 0 up. Um, I don't think Wiggles was especially great in the Wolf one, which uh, looked like a cross, to be honest, and the keeper just came out and missed it, put his defender off, and the ball ended up in the net. Um, yeah. But Inverness's defender was, was shocking in this game through. Um, credit to them for coming back, for having been 2 0 down. Um, I mean, the, the, the two goals that they got were pretty good, including the, the second one by um, Fisher. Fisher was really good, actually. It was a lovely little dink over the keeper. Um, yeah, that was a beautiful side. goal. So, um, I mean, that was either side of half time. Actually, Fisher's, Fisher's first goal was midway through the first half. It was about mm-hmm. 10 minutes in the second half, he equalised. Um, unfortunately for Inverness, they were then on the wrong end of a, a poor uh, refereeing decision. Now, I'm, I'm going to have zero sympathy for that, <laughs> given our history with Inverness previously. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's like. Sports were trying to show that it wasn't across the line, but neither camera angle really showed it properly. However, I am I'm inclined to to go with what was said about the fact that it's. I wouldn't say it clearly didn't cross the line, but I would say that the the way sports tried to describe it with the use of like here's look at look at where his foot is and look at where his hand yeah. is and look how that his foot's on the line and his hands are in front of his his uh, feet, so obviously the ball couldn't cross the line. Um, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure who gave it. I would like to have seen well, whether Linesman was running back to the halfway line or if Ollie Colm was the one that gave it for the, the 18 yard box. Or They've been very clear on that with sports team, unfortunately. Yeah, sure well, the thing is, I mean, Colm, looking at it, I think Colm was at the edge of the box. Um, yeah. You know, he's trying to see through a ruck of players, and I think the Linesman's probably got a similar view. I mean, I don't know how clear the angle um, either would have had, but. I don't know how either of them can give that because with something like that, you've got to be 100% sure. And I don't think, you know, even the Motherwell players, you know, were like, you know, were still playing on. No, there wasn't many hands going up saying that's over the line. So, no, no, I think all the players, <laughs> I mean, even McDonald, who was one that headed it, was it off the post? Not sure. I hit the post and went along the, the line or yeah. did it or was it over. Um, 
you know, this is where video technology would be good, but you know, it's not real thing that Scottish football. I don't know if they can afford it because it's got to come out of the club's money, and the clubs don't have enough money as it is. But um, it's something that certainly needs to be looked at. But you can't make that decision. I, I don't know how they've made that decision, thinking a hundred percent sure it's over the line. I really just don't get it, considering the other players, as I mentioned, are, are playing on. Yeah, the the uh, the bizarre thing this weekend has probably been the fact that um, so often we hear referees have to be sure to make a decision, so they have to be sure to give a goal that it's crossed the line, they have to be sure that a penalty has been get, uh, awarded for a foul and the foul's been committed, and yet, mm-hmm. we'll come on to it later on, but there's more than one decision this weekend where the referee appears to have just guessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, I mean, Colm, has guessed whether that crossed the line or not and guessed apparently wrongly. Um yeah. so it's it's well, it's not for the first time that Willicom's guessed the decision wrongly right enough. <laughs> not at all. Um <laughs> there was a certain number one referee. There was a certain yeah. a few years ago when he had his back to it. And he gave yeah. the penalty despite the fact it was a dive. Yeah. I, I mean I don't know how you can say for sure that one was over the line when he missed a perfectly good one with Adam Rooney at Hamilton a couple of years ago for Aberdeen where you know, we could see from the other end of the ground that went over the line. Um, so uh, that's just, um, you know, Willicom seems to be the butt of jokes, but he brings a lot on himself. He um, does. Yeah. Um, yeah. The idea that he's the best referee we have in Scotland is lightning. Um, and, and he's getting the Celtic Rangers game on the weekend. I know. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. <got> <laughs> I think it was um, the Tombola hat. I mean, what was the other alternative? Because Craig Thompson didn't exactly cover oh. himself in glory in the last semi final. Because you know, got a perfectly good uh, goal for Sviatchenko in that game. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think I think that's just the the standard of Scottish referees. Just now. I mean, I, to be honest, I think it's a lot the standards of referee full stop because a lot of it in the English Premier League, and bear in mind in England, they're full time. This is their, yeah. their careers. This is a second job in Scotland, although albeit a very healthy one um, <laughs> and the refereeing stars in England are not any better no, 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 no. Um, I mean going back to the Motherwell game uh, it's probably fortunate that Motherwell got another goal yeah. Yeah, Inverness will clearly point to the fact that the, the, the crucial goal ghost goal as they were calling it was the one that put Motherwell back in front um, Motherwell may well have gone on and won the game anyway had it stayed to each and that goal hadn't been given they might have got the third goal we'll never know unfortunately um, yeah. it's, 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 it's perhaps fortunate they got another one but again Inverness will probably put up to be honest I think they probably, well, they probably would have because Inverness is defending as Richie Foran correctly pointed out in his, his post-match interviews well, just running um, mm-hmm. I, I think the other thing is that these kind of decisions tend to go against the team like, go against teams that already seem to be struggling so I mean mm-hmm. I've, I've seen teams get relegated out of the top flight not because they were the worst team in the league but because they were the unluckiest team in the league yeah, uh, in Inverness, I mean, um, maybe Inverness should have been doing what Dundee ruthlessly and Mallow ruthlessly did recently with their managers because Richie Foran is not working out at all. Um, I th- you know, and again, his post-match interview, he's slating the players in public. You know, he's yeah. saying, "I'm not taking responsibility." Support. You no, know, that. You know, how can you expect your player? to go around through a brick wall if you're going out slating them and it's not the first time he's done it he's done it quite a few times he's he's out his debt it was a cheap option um, and it's one that's by far spectacular and, um, you know I thought they were going to 
come out of it. You know, when they got that draw at Hearts a couple of months ago, and then they beat Rangers in the next game, you thought maybe they've turned a corner, but they haven't won since then. And you know, they've been a few winning positions in drawing games, and the last couple of weeks have been horrendous defensively against Johnson then on Saturday. And, um, no, they're they're set for a return back to the the championship after a good few years in, and it's, it's a shame for them after two years after winning the Scottish Cup and finishing third. You wonder where the money's got to at that club. Or did they have a lot coming in? Because they weren't getting great attendances then. I'm not sure how much money they actually generate. I mean, in Scottish yeah. football, you don't get a hell of a lot for winning games or winning trophies. And, mm-hmm. um, the, the money kind of comes from... Well, I think the, the best money seems to come from league positions. So you're right about third place. That probably should have done a bit better. But mm-hmm. it's, you're, you're still talking about pennies. You don't, they don't have a big stadium up there. They, they, they certainly yeah. don't even get close to filling it. So um, it's, mm-hmm. it's looking, it's, it's, what you say, it's looking bleak. It's the five points behind at the bottom of the league. Um, mm-hmm. And they've only won four games all season. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're already needing to win two just to make that up. So there's only five left. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem likely. Um, so, yeah. well, you never know. I mean, <laughs> stranger things have happened, but um, they're going to need a change of luck and a, a, a change in general. Um they have stuck behind Richie Foran whether that's the right decision mm-hmm. will remain um, and as you hinted at the team that they, they'd be looking to try and catch at the moment is Dundee um, who lost 2-0 to Hamilton and then it was announced was it yesterday that Paul Hartley was uh, gone yeah. And then, yeah he took train in the morning and was sacked by lunchtime yeah and, and then tonight they, they've taken the perhaps even stranger step of appointing a pundit I cannot believe that went. Do you know, echoes for me, Alan Shearer in Newcastle all these years ago, and look how that ended. Gary Neville is another one I was going mention. Yeah. That, there's a few people who have already suggest, previously suggested that Neil McCann is the poor man's Gary Neville, um, and now he's just be emulating that even further. Uh, hard, yeah. hard, hardly a big job in Spain, but uh, yeah, it's, I don't understand the, the idea of sacking the likes of Paul Hartley, who was an experienced manager, had worked his way up through the divisions to get to the, the, the job at Dundee and replacing them with a guy who has done nothing but be a pundit. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, You know, you think if you're going to sack someone, you would bring in someone experienced. Like, you know, a couple of people said that Jimmy Calderwood should have been brought in or um, Alan Stubbs should have been brought in. So to bring in, you know, a rookie to get you out of a relegation fight, it's... Oh, it really does smack of disbelief. I mean, I can see him bringing in someone like Billy Brown or Jim Jeffries to be his number two because he had links with them and he worked as number two way Jeffries at Dunfermline. Um, so he'll probably get someone experienced to help him, but it's a strange appointment. No, and I don't disagree totally with the decision. It's a Paul Hartley, I think. Um, Dundee have had a rotten season. It is strange that a couple of months ago he was manager of the month and Dundee were looking at six and they've just went a horrific run. But yes. I don't think it's just... It's not just that run that's um, got him the sack, you know, because they went out of the League Cup getting put out by East Fife and Peterhead yeah. in their group and then and in the Scottish Cup they were dreadful against St Mernon in that game. So it's, it's those and the whole season. Yeah. you know. But from being top six six weeks ago to now being second bottom and yeah. looking like... Could be that Dundee Dundee United playoff final. I, I get the impression the Dundee board have panicked with the idea of relegation, um, mm-hmm. given the, the timing of it. Uh, because yeah. you could have, you could maybe have done this again, like the disappointing League Cup campaign, or a disappointment after losing to St Murray, or even a couple of weeks previous. 
when they when mm-hmm. they were already on a bad one. But you're right, it's it's it's, it's bizarre that like the I mean it was partly not managing a month in February. Yeah. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it was, I'm just wondering the results here. They had two draws at the start of February against Inverness and Kilmarnock. They then beat Rangers, thumped Motherwell, and haven't won since. They've lost like, yeah. the next seven games. Aye, seven in a row, including um, a 7 0 thumping, um, yeah. which probably doesn't help their confidence. But and they've always, I, I they've just always got two goals in that time. One of them was that screamer against Celtic. <laughs> They were always going to be. They were always going to be um, finding it difficult to replace, you know, guys like Stuart and Hemmings. But that's just something that goes on. I think uh, Stuart's still down as one of the joint top goal scorers. Um, but the problem, I, I think, someone mentioned it yesterday. They brought in Haber, they brought in back to a, and two other strikers. Uh, Ojama being one of them, and between the four of them, they've scored nine goals. There's your problem right there for Dundee. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not scoring goals. They're leaking some really bad ones. I mean. Like you mentioned the seven 0 game, there was the, the defending in that was just horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, not maybe not quite as bad as Inverness's, and I think if if anything else, you can kind of get away with the Neil McCann appointment to a certain point mm-hmm. because I don't think that uh, they're going to get to the point that that Inverness catch them. But no. there is still a playoff. Exactly, they're obviously hoping that a new a new voice will come in and inspire them. But I just don't get where the inspiration is going to going to come from. That Neil McCann, a rookie, who's probably slated them on TV numerous occasions, is going to be that man to um, inspire them. I just I just don't get it. But you know, if they prove if they if they get out it and finish tenth or above, then you know you and I will probably sit here in that podcast eating some humble pie between us. But you know, right now, I think with that appointment, I think Dundee are going to be in the playoff. I'll make that prediction now and uh, remind me with humble pie later on. The only way I can't see Dundee finishing in the playoff now is if somehow Inverness catch them. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dundee are going to be eleventh or twelfth. I don't. I mean, I'm looking at the teams above them. Motherwell seem to be able to grind out the results they need when they need them. Hamilton are doing likewise, although that was Hamilton's first away win of the season, apparently. Yeah. Ross County uh, are, are, are fighters under McIntyre and will fight to the death mm-hmm. every time and then Kilmarnock seem to, although they went great on Friday night they do seem to be picking up the points they're the team that are currently sitting seventh uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago they were talking about maybe being the top six so I know we're just, we just said that about Dundee but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah so. Kilmarnock are just one win away and I think they'll probably get that at some point in one other game yeah. I think they'll be fine um, Ross Kent is there good at getting out results Hamilton have went on a four game unbeaten run um, two wins and two draws recently so they've picked up a little bit of form at the right time and it's been enough to get them A off the bottom then out the, the playoff position so as much as Martin Cannon is you know a lot of people seem to think he's not a good manager do you know if he keeps them up you know, giving them a fourth term in the top flight, which I think would be the first or second time they've ever done it. He's doing his job. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and like I say, they're, they're the teams that are picking up the points. They're the teams that have fought. I hadn't realised Hamilton won the fourth game on beating one, but I should have realised that mm-hmm. because they were. But they were bottom at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of swapped to Inverness, and then you look at the difference between them now. There's a good seven points between Hamilton and Inverness now. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Right. It's just a few weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so credit to them for uh, no. I know it's a first away win. So credit to them for getting it and hauling themselves out at the right time. So just to finish off the the Saturday games, um, Rangers beat Partick Thistle two 0 I don't think it was too much to say about that game. It was a 
Uh, a, a routine win for Rangers. They were easily the better team. Um, full credit to the the, the link up play between Heim and Terrell for the second goal. I thought that was mm-hmm. a, a wonderful bit of football. Uh, but there's not much else to say about that game. Um, yeah. And the other game on Saturday, St Johnson won Aberdeen two. Aberdeen mm-hmm. I desperately needed to get that after the the capitulation in the last eleven minutes against Rangers in the previous week. So. Yeah, after the freaky five minutes, we'll call that. Um, But yeah, I think back to winning ways. um, You know, we've we've been good at bouncing back most of the season. You know, whenever we've slipped up, we've managed to pick up ourselves in the next game most of the time. Um, And ahead of next weekend, which is our biggest game of the season, which will come on to later, um, that was vital and keeps that nine point cushion ahead of Rangers and. Will Rangers get ten more points than us in the last five games? I don't so think so. No, I, yeah, I, I, I think I mean, we'll be good. I know Aberdeen have been pretty poor in the the, the kind of post split games the last couple of seasons, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're two wins. That's that. It's two wins at five. That's all you need. And even if we don't get them, I don't think Rangers will make up the shortfall because um, Rangers yeah, still yeah. need at least ten points to earn none, and I don't yeah. see that happening. Yeah, you're looking at Rangers picking up fifteen. Now, I suppose the ideal scenario for Aberdeen is you went to Ibrox. Job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a six point right there. Aye, that's true. Um, of course, you might, it might be decided as soon as the first weekend because um, if Aberdeen won their, their game and Celtic, but it won at Ibrox, then that's your six points as well. So maybe, that, maybe that's your ideal scenario. Aye, that, would, that would be fair. Get it done as soon as possible because then you look at 12 points before to play and the goal difference to make up, yeah, it would be. Um, it would be sealed. In the other direction, it's, it's looking like the Rangers are definitely third at least. Um, Aye. Again, they're another nine points ahead of St Johnson, so the results went their way at the weekend there. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're four points back to Hearts, four points back to Partick Thistle. The top half of this table is just the bottom half, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's almost yeah. all done. Um, yes, yeah. but yeah, in the post part games... Yeah, but yeah, in the post-block games, you've only got um, two matches shown live in the bottom six, and you've got four Celtic dead rubber games. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, no offence, but the, you know, they're not going to be much to watch. Apart- <laughs> I, I I understand showing Celtic Hearts <laughs> in the final day of the season, because yeah. it's trophy day. Um, mm-hmm. I f- do not, in any shape or form, understand showing part of Thistle Celtic on the same <laughs> midweek as Aberdeen Rangers. Sorry, Rangers Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I mean, I, no. if, if second place is still up for grabs, maybe Sky are something that's not going to be. But mm-hmm. I, I would show that game anyway. Yeah. I don't know if the TV companies are saving like, an option for the final weekend of the bottom six. Let's see who's who's going to be in that bottom two in that, um, that scenario for the playoff and keep their option for them. Um, that's providing that nobody's pulled away at that point. I think um, they can. I think they've done that a couple of times. If something's still to be shown, then yeah. the options there. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, not showing the Aberdeen. Not sure. Not showing the Rangers Aberdeen game is the one I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I fully appreciate the like showing Celtic away from home. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to meaningful games, Rangers Aberdeen's got to be the most meaningful game in the top six. Aye, aye, without a doubt. But hopefully it'll be done by then. So that was Saturday's games. Uh, we had one game on Sunday, uh, Ross County versus Celtic. And we've already mentioned it was a bit of a dead rubble. Should um, I get the bleep machine ready here, Chris? Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> Celtic dominated the first half. Um, I think everybody agrees with that. Uh, 
took got like had a good few saves, good few blocks for the defence. Um, and then they were coming at a wonder strike with Kieran Tierney. It was only a sort of daisy cutter that the keeper never moved for. Now, whether mm-hmm. he didn't see it late or whether he thought it was going wide or whatever, good finish for Tierney, got to give him credit for that. But I don't yeah. think it was a wonder strike as many people were claiming. It depends what you mean by the term wonder strike. Cause when you say wonder strike, you tend to um, imagine the shot going right into the top corner, posse stamp. But um, it was a long range strike. But I think it's maybe taking more skill from to keep it on the ground and because he's yeah. a left back, not a, you know, a Stuart Armstrong or a Patrick Roberts. So maybe that was why it's been elevated to wonder strike status. But, um, you said that yeah, it's a good goal, very it's, good goal. Yeah, it's, it's a good goal, as you say, for a left back. It's only his second goal this season, I think they said. Which means his other goal was one of the games I was at with the Inverness game in the cup. Um, that's kind of surprising. Oh, you know what it is? I'm thinking, I thought he'd scored more than that. It's because he technically didn't get credited for the goal against Man City. That's right, it was a, it was um, a deflection. Right. But um, yeah, it, it was. It was a, reasonable first half performance for Celtic but I'm not sure what happened at half time because Ross County came out played a bit better um, had a couple of chances even before the, the Gardine goal which I've no idea what the marking was about for that goal because Gardine seemed to just wander in from the middle of the park uh, Svechenko was in the right position but then mm-hmm. never noticed that Gardine had wandered over so Gardine got this free header which went in off the bar good header I've got even credit for that they were saying that's his first goal in a year is it? Can't be. I, I'm, I, that surprised me. I, I mean, I, I can't believe Gardy's not scored in a year. Oh, I'm quite surprised at that myself because I always thought of him as a goal-scoring midfielder. But that uh, was a very good goal. So when you see a goal, when you see him head the head the ball like that, and Michael Gardy is not known for his heading prowess. No. Um, so when he, he scored like that, we said you wonder how on earth that's his only goal this season. But a uh, good time to get it. <laughs> yep, I've got to give him credit. Let's say I don't think the defending was great, but I can kind of see how it happened. Um, mm-hmm. So then Celtic made a few subs, uh, brought Gamboa on for Rodjick and brought Griffiths on for Dembele and then brought the crucial one, Roberts on for Forrest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then but Roberts went for a double nutmeg. <laughs> yeah. Put Celtic back in front and you're thinking, that's it, 2-1, 12 minutes to go, Celtic should see this out now, right? Well, <laughs> the... Uh, I know I said earlier that Willie Colm was the referee for Celtic Rangers. Uh, mm-hmm. the, one of the goal line referees is going to be Don Robertson, the man who, um, let's say, was conned <laughs> because, yeah. by one of the worst dives I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he's been conned. To be to be honest, I mean, I'll compare. I'll do a compare. Um, sort of comparison to um, the. Michael Lewis dive at Hamden um, all those years going against Scotland because the view the referee had at that point was Fletcher stuck a, did actually stick a leg out so you could maybe see why he saw that there might have been contacts and obviously TV cameras proved that Dan Fletcher was nowhere near Michael Lewis um, whereas this one the referee can see Svechenko is behind Schalke how he can how he can think that um, Svechenko has touched him, I have absolutely no idea. Because you can actually see Svechenko pull away before Shank even yeah. attempts his dive. And I know Jim McIntyre's trying, you know, he's half done the right thing by coming out and saying, yeah, it's a dive. But then he's also done the other extreme by saying, anticipating contact. No, yes. he's cheating. Just come out and see how you how you would see it if it was the other way about. It yeah. was cheating. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's an anticipating contact is that politically yeah, correct way of saying it. But it, you're right, it's just, a, it's just an out and out dive, whether he's yeah, anticipating exactly. contact or not. Um, whether yeah. he gets the contact or not is a, is a crucial battle. You're right, no, Sveitsenko pulls it out. There's no one near him. And I don't understand how the referee and the linesman managed to collaborate to give a penalty for that. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Um, yeah. And when we were talking about how it was a horrendous dive in sports scene, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll come on to it in a minute. Um, I, I would imagine that when the compliance officer finally gets off his holidays, Schalke will be getting a two-game ban. Um, it's going to be very hard for Schalke not to accept that two-game ban, given that Jim McIntyre did, as you say, come out and say, yeah, it's a dive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so There is no way of sugarcoating that. No, <laughs> no um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible decision. It's and I mean, as much as we we're talking about the the, the Inverness goal not, or the Bullow goal against Inverness, maybe not affecting the allegation. This could. What Ross County yeah. are only three points ahead of Dundee, but it's now a th- it's now three points. It should be two. Mm-hmm. And they went above Hamilton in the process as well. Yes, yeah. Aye. So I mean, there the, the could be extra money involved in that. The, like, depending on how the results play out in the, in the remaining five games that could be a crucial point for Ross County and it could come back to that dive now it doesn't really affect Celtic in any way shape or form um, or at least the penalty didn't affect it whether it affected Celtic's mentality thereafter uh, is probably up for debate because that wasn't the only controversial decision at the end of the game um, fair, I mean, fair point to Liam Boyce scored the penalty don't but, well, if he wanted to be fair, he'd have blasted it in the stand, but find me a, a player that does that, and I'll find you something. I'll be like Paul Canyon catching that ball in England. Yeah, the only person I can think of that almost deliberately missed a penalty was Robbie Fowler. Um, that yeah. game against Arsenal, where he said to the referee, No, I tripped, um, I wasn't caught, I actually tripped, and I think he deliberately missed the penalty or not, but they scored the rebounds anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that game. So, I, I didn't really count. Um, so then, just after that, we had uh, Celtic try to get a winner in, in injury time. Fair enough. Um, obviously, want to maintain their, their, their great record. Um, and then there's a, there's a there's a free kick in the the, the halfway line where Liam Boyce gets booked for clattering Brown. Um, so then there's a stramash up the other end of the park. The ball comes out. Liam Boyce looks like he might break out the park, and Brown clatters into him. Red card. Yeah. Is it a red card? Oh, I think so. Um, I mean, I know you you might say that there's an attempt to win the ball. I think Scott the red misses descended in Scott Brown, and that was a re- retaliation. I think Brown knew exactly what he was doing. To yeah. be honest, he just wanted to get Boyce back. Um, you know, I know Pat Bonner was saying this in the the radio when I listened to it briefly um, that you no know, Brown should know better um, being the captain and all yeah. the rest. So, and he should, he, he should. But you know, in these situations when you're angry, angry about the. Um, you know, the penalty decision up the other end, etc., and then getting clattered. Um, you know, sometimes it, that can affect even the most calm player. So, but of course, with Scott Brown, um, he's not a calm player. <laughs> but, um, it's, you know, it's, it, it was um, it was daft. Um, but I, I think, I yeah. But you're lucky um, that I think some of the jokes were um, aye, Jesus Christ um, die for Scott Brown to get um, be free for the semi final next weekend and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> just, just for the record, I think it's a red card as well. I, I agree. Yeah. Like, I think it's a combination of he's still annoyed about the penalty. William Boyce has just clattered him. <laughs> he sees that there's a potential break, so he's thinking I'll take him out. But he's, 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 as much as he's thinking, he's not thinking because, as you said, the red miss is a, is a, a great terminology for this because it's, it just goes through him intentionally. Um, I don't think it was much intent to play the ball, to be honest. Yeah. I can't argue that this is a red card. However, when you find out before these games take place that the because of the Easter holidays, the compliance officer or the, the appeals board or whatever it is aren't going to work the entire week. It means any appeal that you make from this weekend will not be heard until after the Scottish Cup semi-final weekend. Of course you appeal it. When you're Celtic mm-hmm. and you only have one meaningful game left this season, and if you win that, you get another one, it really doesn't matter if Scott Brown's suspended for the trip to Ibrox, the trip to Pataudry, the trip to Fur Park, or no, Fur Hill, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, or the two home games against St Johnson and Hearts. The only thing that matters is that the, the Celtic captain is available to play the Scottish mm-hmm. Cup semi final. So, of course, you're pure. <laughs> he can, of course. He, he can sit out the other five games. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, any manager who said they wouldn't do any different, you know, um, I would exactly they would fa- they would fail lie detector. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> absolutely no problem with Celtic doing this whatsoever. I have a big problem with SFA having set it up with us. I was off. Yeah. Mon- I was off yesterday, Monday there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I I jokingly said to my boss this morning, "Is there any chance I can just set my feet up all week?" Because apparently it's all right for the SFA. <laughs> Aye, if only we. Only well, will that, Chris? But it's you know it, it really is strange, you know, because I thought the the whole point of the fast track system that Regan brought in years ago was so that um, it would be fast track, i.e., yeah. a couple of days, not five working days. <laughs> I, I don't understand. You know? I, I genuinely don't understand that aspect of it. It, no, it should be simple enough for this appeal or the the appeal to be heard before we get to the weekend. Um, exactly. Well, if Aberdeen had someone sent off for whatever at the weekend and we had yeah. someone potentially going to miss the, the semi-final next week, I'd expect Dent McInnes to appeal. I don't care That's whether it was, you know, whether it was a two-footed lunge or GBH. <laughs> um, if it meant our, my player getting, um, being, uh, one of our key players being free for the, the, our most important game of the season, because it's the only trophy we can win, then of course I'm going to win. Um, we would yeah. take advantage and any club, Hibs, Neil Lennon would do the same, Petro Bacchino would do the same, absolutely. Um, it's not morally right, but as we've discussed before, where are the morals in football? Yeah, precisely. Like, well, you'll have people talking about sport and integrity and all that stuff that gets spouted about every time because it was used four or five years ago. Um, but I think the, the it does come down to the SFA's problem here. Like, this is... This is their setup. It's not like I mean, people have gone to great pains to point out this was explained to all the clubs before the weekend's action that this was going to be the case, and no, nothing could be a, a no appeal could be heard before next week. Um, so I would fully imagine that appeal will be thrown out and said, "Well, a Scotland will have to serve a two-game ban, but it will be after the semi-final." So as I say earlier, who cares? Does that, is that the same for Schalke in this um, retrospective ban he might face? Schalke is probably unlucky in the fact that he, by the time the compliance officer gets round to offering him his two-game ban, they won't be playing. Mid- they won't be playing this weekend, so they'll be playing of next course, weekend. Yeah. So it will affect him in his next couple of games. Yeah, 
Now, that, that, that raises an interesting point. Would Ross County rather have the goal equaliser against Celtic or would they rather have Schalke for two games? But as you say, that point could be valuable. I mean, that point it's, could that be valuable. Tight, it's that tight down there that they could all cut each other's throats and Ross County might only take three points from five games and still be safe. Yes. Having said that, maybe, just maybe, Schalke could prove completely crucial against Inverness on the 28th of April or uh, when's Ross County's next game? Motherwell away. That's our next two games. Mm-hmm. The two teams that were uh, bottom and second bottom at the start of the weekend. Now, mm-hmm. oh, 10th and 12th, so that's two teams below them. What happens if Motherwell and Inverness both win those games by a goal? Maybe Schalke could have been could have got an equaliser, or maybe Schalke could have got a winner somewhere along the line. That yeah. might—I mean—that's that, not only extra, uh, extra points Ross County might get; it's extra points mm-hmm. that Motherwell and Inverness don't get because Ross County don't care about taking points from Celtic. Yeah, so, exactly. It's will be interesting. It, it may work out for Ross County anyway. We never know. Um, mm-hmm. That remains to be seen. But it could—they might—they might come to realise the fact that they're missing out for those two games. Mm-hmm. Which would never be fitting justice to be honest. Yeah. That, that's the whole point of this this two game ban is uh, yes, you've managed to cheat and win a penalty that has got you a point, but somewhere down the road it might hinder you something to the point that it wasn't mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. I think to be fair, Roscoe, they'll have other guys that can get them the points other than Alex Shout they'll have they've yeah. got Liam Boyce and Garding now he's found his goal scoring touch to help get him out of <laughs> it. Um, yeah. But um, I think no, I think they'll be fine anyway. But you make a great point um, that you know they probably be a bit wishing that Al- Al- Shell didn't um, dive now after all. Okay, so I think that's us done for the weekend's action. There has been a lot of it. So um, fortunately for us, there isn't a lot of the weekend. Um, there is the two big games, obviously the the Scottish Cup semi-finals. Um, Shall we start with a, a, a bit of a preview of uh, the Saturday game, Hibs versus Aberdeen? Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll throw in a wee stat in it. So Aberdeen last reached the Scottish Cup final in 2000, of course, beat Hibs in that semi-final. Um, but since then, we've played Hibs three times uh, in the Scottish Cup. Once in 2007, they beat us 4-1 in a replay. Once in 2012, and at Hamden in the semi-final. Um, lost that 2-1 despite Rory Fallon scoring the best goal of his life. And one of two good things I ever did for Aberdeen, um, <laughs> and and then the next season we played them in the fifth round and lost one nil. Um, I can't even remember who got the goal, but I know Scott Vernon missed a penalty late on in that game, which would have got a replay. So um, the omens aren't great from our point of view in a recent record against us. Plus the beaters in the League Cup last season um, on the way to that final that we forgot about. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'm trying to psychologically turn it around but um, you know we'll wait and see yeah I, th- I think it's, it should be a good match up because obviously Hibs are on a high after clinching the championship the weekend there um, Aberdeen despite the defeat to Rangers have been on a fantastic run of late um, mm-hmm. got back to winning ways at the weekend there crucially so I think it's it's two it's two well placed teams going to be playing for that place in the final so yeah. I think this could be quite an interesting game exactly. and there's plenty of match winners on both sides I mean you've got Cummins McGinn um, you know in the in the Hibs team Shinny as well as a potential match winner uh, from us you've got McGinn Hayes Rooney um, 
possible Kenny McLean or Christie, depending on which one of these two play. You know, so it's got the shape of being a... It's got the potential of being a really good game, but it also could be a really tight affair because both teams have been quite good defensively this season as well. Yeah, you know how semi-finals tend to go as well. It tends, it tends mm-hmm. to be quite a cagey affair when, when neither team yeah. really want to miss out the final. Um, I think one interesting aspect of this could be the, the shinny-on-shinny action. Of course. Graham versus Andrew. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see which one comes out on top there. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully Graham can, um, you know, put in a, a performance like he did in the semi-final for Inverness a couple of seasons got to help his team to, to victory this time as well so um, I mean fortunately I'm getting to go to this one um, not many games I've been to this season so I'm looking forward to it but at the same time I know I'll be nervous I'll be no, more nervous than I was on my wedding day because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew that would go well <laughs> I knew that would go well but I never know what to expect with the Dons <laughs> that's a fair point though <laughs> As soon as she turns up, you know, it's it, that's it. Plenty of on. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, okay. So, um, that's the Saturday semi-final. And then, of course, Sunday semi-final, Celtic versus Rangers. Uh, for the fifth time this season. Fifth time this season, yeah. Uh, the previous games were, of course, the, the 5-1 win at Celtic Park. Uh, the 1-0 win in the other semi-final in the League Cup. Which was, uh, I can't say that late, then barely double nutmeg. Um they had the two one one at Ibrox in December, uh, and the most recent one and probably the most crucial one is the fact that it was one each throughout Celtic Park. So Rangers have already proven they can stop Celtic winning. So that might that might play into the, the, the mentality of this game because I say might because it was a completely different manager. That was Graham Murray's final game in charge. Um they've since mm-hmm. brought Pedro Cristina and he has uh, yet to taste defeat. Uh, mm-hmm. Rangers keeping clean sheets now. Uh, I think they're only blemishing the, the results is that 9-0 draw at Kawarnock so mm-hmm. um, and the one each draw against Motherwell oh yeah sorry dad yep you're right <laughs> yeah. yeah but I think they're, in a, they're, they're definitely in a better place than they were in the previous uh, Old Firm games um, because they've been unbeaten and of, of course they they won that unmentionable game last weekend Um so I mean they'll they'll certainly be confident going into the game on Sunday you know they'll be quite confident they can win and the fact they went to Parkhead as you said and, and got that draw even though Celtic were really poor um, honestly though if Celtic turn up um, and they, well, let's be honest they didn't really that last Old Firm game there's only one winner there really is only one winner Celtic just have too much quality but I think it might be a tougher game than people expect See, I don't, I don't think anybody's expecting it to be easy now. I think after that last game, everybody's more sort of, certainly from a Celtic perspective, everybody seems to be hoping mm-hmm. that Celtic do turn up, because as you say, we never turned up that last time. Um, mm-hmm. So if Celtic turn up and go out and prove what they can do, then yeah, mm-hmm. I would tend to agree that Celtic should win the game. Um, but I, do, I, I think Rangers are a bit of an unknown quantity for Celtic this time, because things have changed under Coutinho. Um mm-hmm. They're playing a different format, a formation suit now. Um, the likes, like I say, the likes of Heinemann and Terrell, and Heinemann especially, was good in the, the last uh, game at Celtic Park. Aye, they've really come on. They two mm-hmm. seem to be doing pretty well as a, a kind of link-up. So um, I'll be mm-hmm. interested to see how the, how the midfield battle goes in that game. Aye. Um, I think another blessing for them is that Rob Keenan's been injured because he's been hopeless for them. Um, and they've actually looked better at the back without him. And if Joe Garner isn't playing, they've got a better chance as well because he's a... 
a time bomb away from getting himself sent off half the time. Doesn't I don't I don't get why Rangers fans love this guy. Um, he's a striker, um, and all he's done of note is um, put in a couple of real bad ch- challenges and try and get folks sent off. My, 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 so, my, yeah, my abiding memory of Joe Gardner this season has been the Rangers fans trying to get that song to Christmas number one and uh-huh. he kicks a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is odd I mean, because he scored against us. <laughs> He, he, he got the one in the five one, so and yeah, um, it was Kenny Miller. He kind of almost stole that off Kenny Miller. Kenny yeah. Miller's the man I think of. Which, I mean, when you think of like Rangers trying to get goals, mm-hmm. and he obviously scored the weekend there. He scored a couple against um, Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not mentioning again. That's okay. It's <laughs> all right. We're still clear of them anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but so, um, Kenny Miller has I, a habit of being able to score against Celtic as well. So he's the man I worry about more than the likes of Joe Gardner. Yeah, definitely, because he's been there, seen it, done it, and you know, even at 37, 38, he still knows how to you know, turn up on the big occasion, as you mentioned last week, and he, he will cause Celtic problems, and he did score in that game at Ibrox as well, but um, now if Celtic's big players turned up, let's be honest, Sinclair and Dembele especially didn't turn up the last time, yeah. but if they turn up and, uh, you know, the likes of Forrest and Armstrong are on form, I think, you know, I think Celtic will win, um, but um, I think... In the from games this season, you know, take the last one out. The other three matches, it was all it was so one-sided, and the scorelines um, in two of them didn't reflect the Celtic dominance in them. Um, and that's probably why people people out with the old firm probably look at Celtic regions and think there's only going to be one winner. And that's why I'm saying it will be a little bit closer this time because of the last game. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, mean, I, I know what you're saying, but I, th- I think the, the the first game. Was as one sided as the scoreline suggested. The second game, you're right. The the, the scoreline didn't really reflect the fact that Celtic dominated the game. The game at Ibrox was closer than most people seem to be having credit for. I think Rangers certainly started the stronger and got the goal that helped. Um, Celtic kind of finished the second, the first half strongly and started the second half strongly. But even after going two one up, Kenny Miller hit the post. Mm-hmm. I hit the post and it came back out. I could easily hit the post and went in, and a two each draw would have been yeah. on the cards. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think Rangers were quite as out of that game as some people suggested. Um, again, we mentioned already, but to get the second game at Celtic part of one each was a case of Celtic just didn't seem to be at the races. Rangers seemed a lot better than they had been previously. Um, they obviously took the late goal and had the benefit of a, another strange refereeing decision. <laughs> um, so I think, as, as far as as far as I'm concerned. I just don't want the referees to make mistakes, mm-hmm. and I want Celtic to turn up. If that happens, Celtic should win the game. Yeah, yeah, but it, it all depends on whether Celtic turn up rather than the referee. Yeah. Um, but we won't let conspiracies get in the way of a good story. No, um, no, I, but, um, you, you know what I said: referees <laughs> making mistakes. I'm being, of course, I'm, I'm being generous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're holding that, holding back for your other chat and other forums. To be honest, I don't. Really subscribe to the idea that referees are biased in this country. I'm more subscribed to the yeah. fact that referees are rubbish in this country. No, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, we agreed in Ireland. Um, but I think there's always this agenda, you know, every other club, um, if, if a decision um, goes against them, it's a bad refereeing decision, it's crap refereeing, etc. But when it comes to Celtic, certain fans, it's got to be a bit more than just a bad decision. Yeah. Um, that gets up my nose a bit, but, um, you know... Whether you're on that, I don't know. But I think one of the problems when it comes to refereeing bias, as people call it, is that you tend to remember the bad decisions against your team, not the bad decisions against everybody else's teams. 
So I could, I could vime off a hundred different decisions that have gone against Celtic. <laughs> Whereas I, could, I probably couldn't tell you three that have gone against Rangers. Now that's not because there just hasn't been any against Rangers. It's just I don't see Rangers every week. I don't remember yeah. them because Rangers are the team. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair point. Having said that, that's the only one I ever do remember is that throw in in the 89 Cup final. Because that's the one that always gets brought up every time Celtic get a, or Rangers get a decision yeah, to benefit from in a Rangers Celtic game. Uh, mm-hmm. That one comes up and goes, oh, well, you had that for one. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cuts in the straws, I think. <laughs> um, but I, shall we move on to um, the weekly letdown of the charity, mate? Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's almost a full card in the World Leagues, um, obviously. The um, Hibs aren't playing in the Championship this week because they're in the Scottish Cup, but there are. Um, 14 other games in the lower leagues to back from so uh, let's see what of a disaster we can make if we can make Bricky Charity better this week yeah I'm thinking maybe breaking at home to Stranar breaking going for the playoffs yeah that's not a, that's not a bad idea um, I think that there's some interesting games in the league too we could be close in Arbroath and Forfar at home to Clyde given the mm-hmm. desperation of those teams versus the who can throw it away quickest at the top yeah, um, I'm not going to touch any of them with the betting. I'm just thinking they're, they're worth mentioning. Um, even Edinburgh City and, and Athletic might be interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, as as far as as, as the bets go, I think um, I'm kind of struggling. So, Bricky mm-hmm. <laughs> City almost there now seems like a, a fairly reasonable start. See, we've been doing a polling all season, and now we're at the stage um, of the season where it it's hard. harder to predict yeah. games. So. <laughs> maybe we might get a winner. You never know. Maybe um, we should just do something random, like consult the runes or like the tea leaves. It can't be any worse. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, Paul the Octopus died a few years ago, so we can't use him. It'd still be better picking bets on us this season. <laughs> That's true. Right. <laughs> like, so let's try a new tactic. Eeny, yeah. meeny, miny, mo. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Peterhead at home to Sennismere maybe <laughs> oh, uh, well actually that's that bottom of the table thing isn't it yeah it almost relegates Sennismere that week actually yeah Peterhead at home maybe um, well, I mean City's still an art it's 75 for Breaking City so that's not a bad yeah. start yeah aye let me go with that um, are we going for a treble or a quick fire double um, well if you went for the Breaking City Peter Head double it would be thirty nine sixty for ten pounds. But then minus the stake. Yeah. Um I don't really see anything else that would be obvious. Nothing's obvious with us. No, I've Our track record this season is pish, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean even the games in the, the championship aren't especially great. What we mentioned Danny Wright is at Martin earlier on. Dunn United are three to four. I'm not sure I'm fan. I, mm-hmm. I know Dunn United won the, the the Challenge Cup against them, but I don't really fancy Dunn United to win that. I was going to suggest Livingston at Queen's Park, but Livingston will probably take the foot off the gas. Knowing uh, that well, they the season's over. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Sure. Um, I'm struggling. Um, yeah, Morton at home to United one to two. It's not great, Edge. The only thing is, Mort's form has been horrific recently. Ayers has been boss. I think that's the problem. That's, yeah. that's the game we should get Morton back to winning ways. I'm happy to gamble with that if you if you're confident enough. Well, if you threw that in for a treble, we'd take it up to fifteen for it. It's not worth it. <laughs> to, to to make it even worse, uh, 
to make your well, It's £59 pound not better than zero, though. Well, yeah, it'd be zero though because one of these. I mean, if you're looking at it and going, we could, we could go for two teams and win about thirty quid, or we could make it three teams and maybe try and win forty or fifty quid. Sorry, um, but you're increasing the chances and making a mess of the bet by having That's three true. teams instead of two. Right, we should set our double then. Just take the thirty quid or twenty-eight, whatever it is. I'm kind of thinking probably yeah, because it's just not what yeah. I end this season. It's better than it's better than nothing if it comes up. So breaking in Peterhead, please do us a wee favour and get us a wee bit of money. So we've got the chat at the end of the day. Yep. Yep, so uh about that and the first goal scorer. Ian Russell, Liam Buchanan, <laughs> <laughs> Shane Sutherland, Greg Spence. Maybe go try to obey again because Queen says yeah, it's embarrassing. I was just thinking that I think the, the idea that, I mean, Dobie was a good shout by Behemoth mm-hmm. last week, it was just a fact. Um, right. but if we took, yeah, I mean, the odds are not that, but mm-hmm. I, thought it was um, I think he's probably worth a shout. He I mean, shouldn't be 11 to 1 like he was last week, <laughs> but no. it would be, be decent odds. But so, if we could maybe get something out of him, I guess the old yeah. bottom, I think that's probably a good bet. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll call it Dolby, uh, going to the South, and we'll break in City and Peterhead. Fab. And that's us for another week. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Well, thanks. Uh, and we'll talk to everyone again next week, uh, and when we'll get to. Yeah. And then look forward to the post part fixtures. Yeah, excellent. And for now, thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.